0: John chapter 10, this is Jesus' ministry. He's talking, he's explaining things about himself. Um, and he mentions in this little passage here about, you know, my sheep hear my voice, the voice of a stranger they won't follow. He talks about the thief in here. He talks about wolves in here. And then he talks about the door in here. And he talks about himself being the good shepherd. Uh, but I want you to just skip down to this, verse 9. Verse 9. John 10, verse 9 is where we'll start. John 10, verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Meaning you'll get the substance of life if you enter in through Jesus Christ. Verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You're familiar with that, but let's, let's just... Uh, sit on this this morning. He said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. You can have your pick. Hang out with the thief, hang out with Jesus. Listen, you need to know that the devil, in this passage we can correlate that the devil is either the wolf, uh, the thief, or both. Talks about the hirelings as well. That'd be fake Christians, fake leaders, So it's got a whole passage full of things, but let's just say the devil is the thief because we know he is a thief. We know the devil is killing people and destroying people and robbing people. And so we like to make sure everybody realizes that if something is stealing from your life or robbing your life or killing your life or causing any kind of slow death in your life, it's not God. It's the devil. And so you need to know that. It's the devil that's that's causing evil. It's the devil that's causing harm. It's the devil that's causing destruction. So when destruction happens, don't look up and say, God, why? Don't do that. It's the devil. The answer is, it's the devil. I mean, there's other categorical reasons why, but none of them are of God. There's a reason why destruction occurs. There's a reason why death occurs. There's a reason why turmoil and chaos and tragedy occur, and never is it from God. So listen, you you and I have to agree with God that the thief is the killer and the stealer. Jesus is the life giver. Life giver. So if, if you're getting life and goodness, it's from God. If you're getting death, destruction, and uncertainty, and confusion, it's from the devil you got to differentiate this because so many believers in God don't understand how good he really is. So they attribute both good and bad things to God, which that's wrong. Then only good gifts come from above, from the Father of lights. Who doesn't change from day to day? That's scripture. Don't let anybody say when evil comes or when he's tempted or tested with evil that it's from God. Because God doesn't tempt or test you with any kind of evil or destruction. So we have to differentiate this so that you recognize Jesus is the opposite of the thief. Jesus gives us life abundantly. All right? First order is to make sure we understand God is good and only good and never bad and never both. And the devil is only bad and only bad and only bad and only bad. And that's why Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, the devil for God was with him. So Jesus heals all who were oppressed by the devil. Amen. Who does the oppressing? The devil. Who makes you sad? The devil. Who makes you depressed? The devil. Who makes you confused? The devil. Who hurts you? Who steals from you? Who worries you? Who makes you anxious? Who gives you life? All right. So that's Christianity 101 pretty much, right? I mean, we we got everything put in Christianity 101, but that's definitely 101 for most believers. And it's amazing how some Christians grow up not knowing that. It's amazing how many Christians grow up thinking, well, if it happened, it was God's will. I don't know why he would do this, but I just—I guess I just believe that everything happens for a reason, so I'm sure he's got a reason. I'm sure that he'll turn this around somehow for me. I'm sure he planned this, and he'll fix this in, in some way. Well, that's a mixture of Scripture and unscripture. Yeah. 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 Scripture says he will turn every bad thing around together for good for those that love the Lord and those that are called according to a, his purpose, but it doesn't say he gave you the bad so he could do the good. That's So you got to differentiate this. This is huge doctrine for many, many Christians who've heard it preached wrongly, that whatever happens is God's will. God is sovereign, you know. We don't know why he did the car crash, but we know that he had some reason, maybe to encourage people at the funeral, that Jesus is good. No, no. He will encourage people at the funeral that Jesus is good, that God's only good, never bad, never both. He didn't cause the car crash to get that to happen. He can get the message of goodness out without sending somebody to the hospital. People say, well, don't you think that God put me in the hospital maybe to help the people over there understand God and get saved? No, he was trying to send you to the hospital without the car crash. If you think you're called to the hospital, go to the hospital. If you think he's leading you to go help the doctors get saved, sneak over there during the break time and get them saved. But don't blame God for causing some tragedy to put you in a place. No, it doesn't work that way. Now, if you're in a place, get them saved. You follow me? You see how the, you separate the two? You have to realize that because of sin and the human uh, uh, allowance, allowing the devil to come into this earth. Adam and Eve allowed the devil to come in this earth. The devil gets to be here. And he's a problem causer. That's why evil happens. Not because God says, Let me think, today should I allow evil? Hmm. Is there any reason we want to allow some evil today, Jesus? What do you think? Should we allow this terrible thing to happen? I don't know. What's your will? Like it's some question about every event in life, should we allow this or not? That's not how it works. That's not how it works. God's not picking and choosing and detailing all of these little catastrophes to decide if he's going to allow it or stop it, allow it or stop it. That's not how it works. The devil is causing havoc everywhere. When a child of God stands up and believes God and the power of God, the name of Jesus, he can stop some of that evil. Other than that, the devil has free reign to tempt everybody, try everybody, cause all sorts of troubles. We have the answer and it's life abundant. I said, we have the answer. Jesus said, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations or trials, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You and I overcome the world and we overcome the devil. So, so you and I have access to abundant life. All Christians who have come to Jesus have access to abundant life. It's not automatic though. I didn't hear any hooping on that one. We wish it was. We wish that becoming a Christian meant all problems are solved. No, you have the potential to solve all problems, but you're still going to have problems. So it's it's available abundant life is available to everybody. When you got born again, you got the potential to experience it, but it doesn't happen automatic. It's not by chance. It's not by accident. It's not by happenstance. It's not automatic. It happens by principle. Abundant life happens by principle. It happens by a system. Now, on one hand, it would be easier if it was just luck. We just ab- accidentally get blessed by God. That's easy. On the other hand, if it's by system, it means there's something put upon us. There's some responsibility we have to experience abundant life. You know, they say any old dead fish can float downstream, it takes a live fish to swim up. Conditions must be met. To have abundant life well, let's say this, but ab- you have abundant life. You have eternal life. The, the moment you, you got born again, the moment you received Jesus, eternal life came to dwell in you. It's a fact. But to experience it, it takes faith. To experience eternal life and abundant life, now it takes faith, it takes principle. It takes more than just, well, I'm a Christian. Hallelujah. Yeah. Kind of like this, kind of like, uh, let's say being born again is like the heart. Everybody needs a heart, but you need more than a heart, don't you? You can't live with just a heart. Right. Nobody can live with just a heart. There's a whole bunch of body, body parts to make this body work. Same thing with your Christianity, with your, with your life as a believer. It takes more than just being born again. Right. Certainly that's the first step. Without a heart, you can't live. So principles govern this life, not chance. Happiness even is governed by law, by spiritual law and principle. If you want to be happy, you better learn the laws of happiness. Because happiness requires more than just a bowl of queso. You need the chips to go with it. Happiness is more than just fleeting temporary pleasures. Even prayer, prayer is governed by more than just prayer. Prayer requires principles of faith. Amen. To get your prayers answered, you're going to have to follow some guidelines, some, some spiritual invisible faith rule. You can't just say to people, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Well, I Just pray about it. Just pray about it. Just pray. What do you think the solution is? Just pray about it. I just pray about everything. Well, you need prayer, but that's not all you need. Prayer is like the lungs of the body. You need lungs, but you need more than lungs. You need heart. You need lungs. You need endocrine. You need the whole system of everything. And that's why the Bible is so important for your life. You got to learn this stuff you got to know these things. How are you going to have good prayer life if you don't know the principles of prayer and faith? But on the other hand, once you know the principles of prayer and faith, you can get your prayers answered. You can have right relationship with God. You can start seeing miracles in your life if you can learn some stuff. If you can start applying these principles of the unseen world, you can start connecting with God on a daily basis. Hallelujah. You know One of the disturbing truth is that atheism is not really just for atheists. There's a more dangerous atheism. It's an unconscious atheism that Christians have. I I dare to say there's probably a large percentage of Christians who technically would say they believe in God, sure, but secretly deep down, they don't really have much confidence or trust in him or interest in him, probably because they've seen such failure with people praying. Pray. Disappointments that we've watched or experienced cause people to distance themselves from God if they don't understand principle. It's just the truth. If I can't rely on my prayers because they said just pray and I prayed, and nothing happened. I prayed and the opposite happened. People go through this thought process and it causes them to almost disbelieve. Praise the Lord. It's bad news if that's how you are without knowledge, but if you get the knowledge that God needs you to have, man, it's a delight. Isn't that what delighted you? One of the first things that delighted you aside from your salvation was that, man, I'm learning stuff that will help me connect with God. I'm learning who God is. He's way better than they acted. Glory, <clears throat> hallelujah! Uh, so things don't just accidentally happen. You know, nature doesn't accidentally happen. It's a system. We could say even rain doesn't just accidentally fall. Like bloop, there comes the rain. No, it happens by by scientific principle. Water has to evaporate, has to go to the clouds, and then blah, 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 all that happens, and then bam, it comes back down. A baked cake does not just make itself. Somebody's got to make the cake. Somebody's got to follow the principles of baking the cake. And you really can't skip much of the recipe. Cakes happen by principle. Miracles happen by principle. You really can't skip miracle principles to get a miracle. Miracle principles. I never heard such a thing. That's right, because we were trained that, that miracles are just flip the coin in the, in the, behind me in the water Please don't do that in the fountain out there. <laughs> or uh, you can do it all you want; it just won't work. Flip gold coin if you're going to flip money. <laughs> flip gold and silver, but it won't work. Jesus kind of a, he said several different things. One of the things that allude to this principle of, that you can't you can't like alter the spiritual uh, method and system of things. He said, can you get grapes from thistles uh, or figs from thorns? No, uh, the nature of the thing creates the thing. So you have to follow principle. You can't just skip uh, principle. Let me give you a quick one. Go to uh, Luke, no, Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to give you just two categorical or two examples of, of this abundant life. So, you, you need lots to, to say that you have abundant life. You would there's a lot of, there's a long list, right? What's abundant life to you? Well, joy, hope, peace, love. Yeah. We need those things. Good relationships. Yep. Supply of uh, income. Yes. Uh, things working well for me at work. Yes. Uh, spiritual life working well. Yes. Uh, fulfilling the will of God. Yes. All of a sudden we start getting real spiritual about it and that's good. You need to, a close relationship with God would be abundant life. Hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, abundant life. So there's a whole bunch of stuff, but I want to just kind of target these couple to show you two principles. Just two principles here. There's many more principles. Uh, or, or, or let me just, let me say it this way. I want to show you how, how to use the Bible to contact abundant life. To, to have abundant life, how to use scripture. Here's the example. Matthew chapter 11. uh, This example uh, centers around uh, a restful life, peace in your life. Being at rest where you're chilled out and calm. Having a disposition of calmness, gentleness, peace, happiness. Most people in this frantic life have a hard time with this. And for many, it takes alcohol or something else to to get themselves to a place of rest and peace. But Jesus came to give you abundant life because alcohol and other things will steal from you and kill you and destroy you. So the devil hands you that. Jesus hands you abundant life. And if we can learn the principles, we can skirt the destructive part of temporary peace and rest. Wow. <clears throat> Jesus said this, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. All right, that starts it off it's like, oh, okay, I can go to Jesus and he'll give me this rest. You can go to the pharmacy or you can go to Jesus. All right, so now I know that I gotta go to Jesus That's good, but that's not the end of it. Because some people will just go take this and go sing a song about Jesus. Where's my peace? I didn't get any peace. Well, for a three and a half minute song you did, but then it's over. Because it's more than just saying I'm going to Jesus. Well, I'm going to go to the store and buy me a picture of Jesus. No, no, that won't do anything for you. That's not the principle. The principle is next. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Mm. Ah, so if I'm going to have this rest, I'm going to have to learn of Jesus. I'm going to have to learn from Jesus. So if you want to have rest in your life, you're going to have to learn from Jesus. Yes. Amen. Wow. So all of a sudden now, learning takes a little time, doesn't it? Yes. To learn the ways of the world takes 12 years or wait, however many that is from age five to age 18, K through 12th grade takes me to learn basic stuff of this world to help my life. How long do you think it might take you to learn spiritual stuff? Hopefully not that long, but it is really a lifetime of learning. I would say a crash course yourself for the first couple of years. So, if you want to have a good, restful, peaceful, powerful life, learn of Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Put some effort into your spiritual learning. Say that I need to put some effort into my spiritual education. Jesus said, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And then he kind of gives the characteristics of himself. Learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow. Wow. Notice he says, take my yoke and learn. The yoke, do you know what a yoke is? I think we already covered the fact that it's not an egg yoke. Okay, the (laughs) yoke is a harness. It's the shoulder harness you put on an ox uh, and connect it to another ox so they can plow the field. So by receiving Jesus, take his burden, which is a yoke. It's like, I don't think I want that on me. Well, I'll get there in just a second, but take his yoke. Connect to him, and, and you'll find rest for your souls. The yoke is not a, a harsh penalty. The yoke is really a gentle, easy way to make labor easier. It's like you, 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 know, you tell a bull, Mr. Bull, uh, plow the field, please. By myself? No, here, I'll yoke you to a, a stronger bull. Oh, thank you. That's how we're supposed to go through life. You're not supposed to go through life on your own. You're not supposed to attempt these things on your own. Most people uh, fail pretty, pretty seriously living life without being yoked to Jesus. But to say that you're truly yoked to Jesus is not just a sentence. It's learning. I got to learn the right thing from Big Bull. Okay, I'll, I'll stop using that example. I got to learn the right thing from the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm connected to him, he's going he's to make me successful in this life and at rest the whole time. If ever you find your life is not at peace and not at rest, you have disconnected from Jesus. You're going your own way without him. You have to look back at your life and then admit that all of your unhappiness, all of the unhappiness in our past is a result of the really the petty friction of everyday life, where our selfish expectations weren't met, where our self-ambition was not achieved. It's always something petty, where our domestic life had a little too much conflict. That's where our unhappiness resides. All of that unrest is solved by Jesus Christ. All of our disappointed hopes, all of uh, not getting our way, are getting put in our place where our pride was affected. And that's really what the causes of, that's the causes of unrest. It's pride, selfishness, and ambition. The reason you're not happy, the reason you're not at rest is pride, selfishness, and ambition. The opposite of those three world-dominating factors, meek and lowly of heart. The opposite of the things that cause you unrest are Jesus and His nature. Amen. He's gentle and lowly in heart. Different than pride and ambition and selfishness. Jesus is unselfish. He's gentle. He's meek and humble. So if you want to have rest, you're going to have to take upon yourself Jesus. Learn of Him, yoke to Him. He's gentle, He's chill, He's humble. He's not after self things. Amen. He doesn't get his feelings hurt. Amen. The sooner you can get over your hurt feelings, the, the sooner you start living an abundant life. See, this is if you're with Jesus, he ain't afraid. He's not worried. They spit on him. He loved them. They whipped him. They killed him. He said, oh, Lord, don't don't hold it against them. They don't know what they're doing. If you're really yoked to Jesus, that when your people around you hurt you, you can think to yourself, first thing, oh, they must be having a bad day. That's, That's meek and lowly in heart. That's being humble because I'm full of him. I'm yoked to the big one. I'm yoked to the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything's okay in my life. Everything's okay in my field. The problem is, you know, it does take time to learn. Uh, So we want kids to learn and never depart. If we had all learned as children and never departed, life would be much easier and happier today. So if you think about it, learning, what if, how many of you did not like math? You don't have to raise your hand. I know half the crowd or more did not like math. Okay, 80% of you didn't like math. So what if you were to start learning math at age 40? 50. Try to learn your multiplication tables now. <clears throat> it's harder when you're older. Because you, you, you have so much, so there's a lot to learn, and there's a lot to unlearn. So uh, same thing with Christianity. If you've had your whole life built with all the world's ways, really just, just kind of uh, uh, shot in the dark all the way from childhood, trying to make sense of things by yourself. You know, really the, the animal instincts that children have. If, a, if an adult is not retrained quickly, they're going to still have those at age 40 and 50. Then they get saved. Believe in Jesus. Oh, wait, for an older person, there's a lot, it's a high cost if you receive Christ at an older age. Because now I got to unlearn a whole bunch of stuff. I got to give up everything I built in me, all of my pride. I got to give up a lot more pride than when I was 12. But you still got to give it up. You still got to learn. You still got to filter out all of the old you. It just takes a little longer when you're a little older. You know, when I came to the Lord in a a real way, I was 26. And I I remember thinking, golly, man, I've wasted like 10 years of my life. Man, I'm behind. I'm like, I'm so, but but I'm getting in now. And I began to look at other people who were my age or older or younger or whatever. I'd always be kind of comparing like, how far are they in the Lord? How far are they in the things of God? It's like, ooh, I can catch up. I think I can catch up. Now, I'm older, and I'm looking at old friends of mine, and I'm thinking, man, I tried to help them get saved when I was young. I tried to help them all come in, because I I knew that it was important to to live a life with Jesus, not just wait till the end. Now I'm looking at them thinking, oh, man, it's going to be hard for them to give up all of their life. Now it's hard to give up who they are in front of their friends. Now it's much harder to give up all the things they built in their own mind about life and about themselves and about, now it's harder. Nonetheless, it must be done. So if you're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, get yourself born again today. Make a fresh commitment to Jesus today. Learn of him today. Take his yoke upon you today and then make the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years of your life better, happier. Doesn't take a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon or a brain scientist to realize that the world can't make you happy. I tried it and realized by age 26, I'm a quick learner. I'm a quick learner. By age 26, I realized this stuff I was shooting for, I don't see it. So it's like sand through the fingers. I, it's like, where is it? All the memories and all the stuff and all the, it's like, it's just not, it's not doing it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Glory, to God. Glory to God. So, Relationship with God is not just surface emotion. It's not just, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? It's not just, it's not just sensual. It's not just, it's not just little superstitious things we do to, to remind us that we believe in God. That's, that's, not, that's not at all what we're talking about. Relationship with God is deeper than that. Relationship with God, or we could even say, one of the principles of prayer and miracle is that it's not just mechanical. We're not just following mechanical principles. We're following relational principles. That I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just getting connected to a, a sentence. I'm getting connected to a person. Amen. And when you start realizing this, it, relationship development or closeness or intimacy happens because of certain words like trust, Amen. honesty, honesty faithfulness, relying on. Like how many of you kept all of your bad friends around? No, if you have half a brain, you disconnect from bad friends. If you can't rely on your friend to show up at the right, that's pretty much going to end it soon. If they're talking wrong, living wrong, acting wrong from how you like, find a new friend. Same thing with God. That's why we need to walk closely with Jesus. It's it's not about just, oh, I I believe in Jesus somewhere, somehow, I just know. No, no, no. It's about learning so that you can have a relationship with him. But to have a relationship with Jesus, you've got to learn his stuff. You've got to learn what he likes. You've got to learn what he's expecting. He'll help you with what you're expecting if you'll learn what he's expecting. You want to be honorable to somebody in a relationship. Glory. Glory. That's what Christianity is for. It's to teach men and women the art of life. The whole curriculum for this school is learn of me. Yes. That's, it. That's it. Study life itself. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the I am the life. He said, I am the life. Yeah. Study him. Study him, and that means watch him in the Bible, get to know him as a person, read through the epistles. Jesus didn't explain a lot about his character. He lived it. But since you and I didn't get to see him live it, we only see some statements that he made, like a framework. You have to read the epistles, and then Paul and Peter and James and John and Jude, they, they detail all the characteristics of the Jesus life. And you get the Holy Spirit, and he's the one that makes it come alive in you. We're not just, we're not just robots. We're not just, pre, we're not just trying to get programmed so we look like Jesus and act like Jesus. No, no, we get the Holy Spirit. He imparts the nature of Jesus into us. And you'll know it's happening to you whenever you cannot be rude in a time you should have been. You'll know, whoa, 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 that was Jesus. Whoa, 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 man. I, my anger didn't even try to come. I didn't have to even bite my tongue. Because the first thing out was not anger and resentment. It was love. The first thing out was, oh, I'm sorry if I hurt you. Rather than I didn't hurt you. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I, I know my face expressions sometimes are a little... A little off-putting. How many of you like my facial expressions? Okay, how many of you don't like some of the Okay, don't raise your hand. I know, I know, it's just, just the thing that I do, it's just, just the way it is. I did have somebody tell me one time, they said, I wish you wouldn't make those, those facial expressions. Glory. Turn your Bible to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. So, so let me try to wrap up this yoke thing. All right, so being yoked is, um, is kind of like, he said, my burden is light. And so people are like, oh, I don't want any burden. <laughs> no, the burden he's talking about is not some extra religious burden that makes life difficult. His burden is it's really just life. So everybody already has burden. It's the burden of life. Without Christ, people come up with all sorts of twisted ways to make it through this life of burden. If you'll take upon yourself Jesus, his burden is life. He's just trying to make you uh, endure life better. He's trying to make you more successful in this life. He's trying to help you get through it with joy and gladness. That's all he's doing. He said, my burden is light. If you, if you get hooked up with him, it'll be a different life. It'll be a much better life. And it's amazing that if you think about burden, like if I'm holding a burden of 100 pounds, uh, well, that burden is 100 pounds. Unless I were to go to the moon where there's no gravity, and then that burden is not a lot, a lot lighter. It's about 100 pounds. I don't know how many. I'm not here to give you a science lesson. In the earth, life has a certain weight to it, but if you take upon yourself Jesus, if you yoke to him, even though your natural circumstances haven't changed, you're still in America. You're still in this land, but spiritually, you're a citizen of heaven, and the principles and order of life are different, and all of a sudden, you can handle that weight because you're in a different place. That's what it means to be born again and experience abundant life. In the middle of the same world everybody else is in, I got Jesus. I see things. I have a perspective that's eternal. I can see the other world. I understand why things are happening as they are here. So I don't fret and I don't repine and I don't get frustrated like the world does. I would say uh, if you live a frustrated life you haven't connected too closely to Jesus. I assure you, he was not frustrated. Right. Yeah. But, haven't you, but haven't you been watching what's happening in America? No, but you have. <laughs> <clears throat> Glory to God. We're just trying to change the standard of life. Get, get hooked up to Jesus it just changes your standard of life. You start, you start living like life as him. All he's saying to you is carry life like I do. Carry this burden like I do. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's move to the second principle. So the first one is just like that. It says, okay, if you want abundant life, if you, if you want rest in your life, learn. Take his yoke and learn from him. Simple, right? So you see the condition and you see the result. Uh, another principle that we've done before Is uh, if you want your prayer answered, you got to want it. You got to want it. I mean, if you want your prayer answered, you really got to want it. Well, God knows I want it. I'm not so sure. Jeremiah 29, here's a principle here. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Here's a good way to know what God's thinking about you. He's not sitting here thinking how he's gonna make your life more difficult and what obstacles he's gonna throw in your path to make you stronger. No, no, he's thinking about your future, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Verse 12. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. Praise the Lord. And you will seek me and find me. There's a principle you got to seek to find. When you search for me with half your heart at least. Oh no, it doesn't say that. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. If you have never sought the Lord with all your heart, you're missing out. But that takes a sincerity like never before to seek an unseen one using only spiritual principles that you've read in the Bible. That takes a valiant heart. That takes a Christian who is courageous to venture into the unknown you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, not half your heart, and I'll be found by you, says the Lord, and I'll bring, back, bring you back from your captivity. The principle is you got to want it. You got to be all in about this thing. Deuteronomy 4.29, don't turn there, it says, but if you shall seek the Lord your God, you'll find him if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 16, verse nine. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking through the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is upright toward him or loyal toward him. Psalm 119, verse two. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and those that seek him with the whole heart. Only got one high-pitched. Listen. Listen. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, come on Christians, all of a sudden we're start realizing, oh, you mean I gotta get more spiritual? No, you don't have to. But if you want your prayers answered, you do. If you really wanna establish this connection with God that allows your prayers to come to pass, miracles to happen, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to go a little further maybe. All your heart with all, I got to seek him with all my heart. They told me all I had to do was pray a prayer and get saved. You got to start there. Psalm 42, as the deer pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after you, oh God. I mean, are you thirsty for God? Do you ever think, oh, man, God, I just want to know you better today? So anything that you get from God, you're going to have to want, okay? Anything you're going to have to desire, we could use the term, you have to desire it. Remember, he talks about the desires of your heart. He'll give you the desires of your heart, not your head. Not just flippant desires, even though you, you, you may get fortunate occasionally and it didn't have to take some you know, long process. We're not talking about long process. We're talking about just sincerity of your heart. Is that cool? All these things require desire. We could say, if you want wisdom, you got to really want wisdom. How many of you want wisdom? How many of you really want wisdom? How many of you are really willing to go after wisdom with all your heart? If you're willing to go after wisdom with all your heart and don't waver, you'll get wisdom. Or his word. He said, my words are life to those that find them. You got to go dig for his words. You got to want his words. You got to spend a little time searching out his word. You know, healing, if you want to be healed, you're going to have to really want it. Let's say it this way, if because because you can ask anybody out there, not even Christians. Do you want to be healed? Yeah, I want to be healed. Do you really want to? Yeah, I really want to be healed. I mean, they'll do everything in their power to get healed. They'll do everything that the hospital says. They'll spend as much time and as much money. They'll they'll empty their bank account. They'll do whatever it takes to get healed. Amen. With God, are you doing whatever it takes? If you want to be healed by God's miracle working power, are you doing what it takes? Well, I called the hotline and got prayer. Okay. That took up 60 seconds of your whole heart. Is there anything else you might need to do to be healed? I mean, the lady with the issue of blood, she had to leave her house bleeding, bleed through the streets, disobey all the jewish law press through the crowd lots of obstacles in her path and she pressed through crawled on her feet and touched the hem of his garment blind bartimaeus had to disrupt the entire caravan of christians jesus son of david have mercy but shut up shut up shut up! jesus son of david have no if you want a miracle you're gonna have to stop the caravan you're at least going to have to stop your life for a moment and go after him. The Canaanite woman, the Syrophoenician, the Greek lady, came because her her daughter was demon-possessed, and she came to Jesus, and Jesus didn't even answer her. The Bible says he answered her, not a word. That's discouraging. Have you ever prayed and God didn't seem to say anything back? What'd you do? Well, I guess he said no. Oh, Jesus did not tell her no. He just didn't answer her. And then she said something else. She came and worshiped him. And then he said, listen, I didn't really come for the non-Jews. I came for only the Jewish people at this point. She said, "Uh, she could have been offended right there. What if somebody talked about your race? I cannot believe Jesus said he loves everybody. And here he turned me away because I wasn't Jewish. She didn't do that. And there was a big feud between the Canaanites and the Jewish people. You couldn't even go through Canaanite. You couldn't even go through Canaan. You certainly couldn't eat with them, talk to them. But she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs because they called the Canaanites dogs. That's kind of mean. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Jesus said, ah, great is your faith. What? What? He made her go through that whole process so her faith could come alive. See, this whole thing the beauty of this whole thing is that you, you actually believed God and it brought you closer. You trusted his word, the relationship sparked, and bam, you got yourself a miracle. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues, you better, want to, you better really want it. If you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost, you better want it. If you want to speak with tongues, have some power in your life, you got to want that. Yes. Want what? Yeah, you got to want the power of God and, and speak it in tongues and in a prayer language where you can, it'll just radically change your life. What? You mean I can have power? Your attitude needs to be what? You mean I can speak in tongues? I can pray in a holy language for hours to God? You mean I can have gifts of the Spirit? You mean I can start seeing miracles working? Yeah. You got to be kidding me, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I want power. Yes, I want the Holy Ghost. That's a lot different. That's a lot different than, well, I guess so. Well, I prayed and asked God for that, you know, 10 years ago, never got it. guess not for me. Oh, you got to want these things. These holy things are valuable. you got to really dig for them. you got to want them. He's not really holding them back from you, but he is hiding them until you find them. He's a God, the Bible says, that, that hides yourself. He hides himself so that you can play hide and go seek and get the glorious finish. James 5 says you can have power, but it must be effectual, fervent prayer that gets the power. Praise the Lord. You can have righteousness, you can be right with God, have some holiness in your life. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. You gotta love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. See, see, all these, see how God has said these things? This doesn't really fit with Americanized Christianity too much, where it's just a little sprinkle, just give me a little quickie, just need my little, just give me a little uh, uh, vanilla latte. Uh, that's all I need, just a little vanilla latte. Not even a venti one, but a tall vanilla latte. That's all I really need on a Sunday morning. How long we been going already? I don't know how long that preacher, my preacher talked too long, talked too long, talk too long, talk too long. Talk too long. Listen, church is just trying to compete with Netflix and all your little movie watching. So you got time, you got time. Good word, good, Good word. I'm picking on everybody, right? Here's some examples and then we'll be done. Moses was chosen because he was zealous for his people. Enough to kill. Paul was more exceedingly zealous than all of his peers. Elisha followed Elijah even when he told him to go home, because yes. he wanted the anointing that Elijah had. Listen, you got to want it. You can have it. You can have anything from God if you really want it. Yes. <clears throat> Abraham, wanting, Abraham wanted God's blessing enough that he was willing to kill his only son. Yeah. Wow. wow. Noah had a desire to live, so he built the ark. took him over 100 years. 625 foot long ark. Why'd he stick to it? He really wanted to live. Yeah. Hebrews 11 6. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who yeah. diligently seek him. Amen. Glory. Glory to God. And listen, I know I'm kind of shouting up here, you know. I, When you get into your moment with God, it's personal sweetness. I don't talk to God like that. God, thank you. I love you. Thanks for teaching me. Thanks for helping me. Thanks for not leaving me alone. Thanks for answering my prayer, God. Hey, Lord, Lord, I'm gonna gonna do something right now. I'm gonna cast this care to you because I know I'm not supposed to worry so. Here it goes. Here it goes, Lord. You got it? All right. I'm casting it to you, Father. God. Now you got Praise it, right? God. You got it, right? You got it, right? All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, God. God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I love you. I love you. Thanks for making me your, your son. Thanks for loving me back. Praise your name. Let's go eat. This is relationship with God where it's sweet. It's personal. It's intimate. It's, it's effective. And I, I know him. I know he's listening. I know he speaks back. I know what he's going to say before he says it. I mean, for some things. You know, if I'm asking him a question, should I go left or right, you may not know exactly until you hear from him. But I'm talking about in relationship, I know I know he's going to say because he's already said it. He's not going to unsay what he already said. Glory. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.